All right. So, hey. Hi. So, my name's Kia. And I'm Florence. And this is Melanin. In medicine. Okay, now. So, uh, this is episode two. Thanks for coming back. We appreciate your attendance because uh, we were nervous. So, <laughs> um, today we've got an awesome, awesome, awesome show. We've been talking about it all week on Instagram. If you follow us, if you don't, you're really miss- missing out because we are highlighting news feeds. Um, and we are Melanin in Medicine mm-hmm. zero 02 zero 02 on Instagram. And it's a fun time if you need to, you know, lighten your life. Follow us, because we got it. Um, but we're going to start off with our Elders Elevation for the day. Um, and if you don't remember, our elder, all of our segments are named after pretty influential people in medicine. Um, and so Elders is the first African-American Surgeon General, and she was under Mr. Clinton, Mr. You know Bill Clinton, because you know he's down. So, uh, yeah, go ahead and drop that for us. Okay, awesome, guys. So, Elder Elevation this week is just remember you can do anything you put your mind to, but it takes action, perseverance, and facing your fears. And that's by Jillian Anderson. Cool. That's really nice. And so, that really pertains to today because a lot of the time we are in situations that are new and that can be uncomfortable in medicine especially. And so, you just got to remember if it's if it's forcing you to get out of your shell, you know, it's probably going to be uncomfortable but you gotta do it so next we're going we would read our mahoney messages but we don't have any because uh i don't know you guys are playing hard to get so um if you'd like to email us please then you can email us at uh melanin in medicine o two zero two zero two at gmail.com we're really excited i leave it open all day and i just look for emails from people and y'all are making me wait. So, um, yeah, please email us with any questions you might have regarding medicine, um, study tips, literally complaining about people you might be dealing with in your classes, anything you would like. And we can talk about it on the show. Um, and if you have some awesome resources for us to share with people, we'd also really like those too. So really just send us anything. Uh, next, we're going to hop into our topics. So we have some really cool topics for today. The first topic that we're going to cover is majors and what majors because we know medical schools will take basically any major um there's like a ridiculous amount of biology and chemistry majors that go into medical school and then you know there's all the other fun stuff and I never really understand how people take something so far-fetched and bring it into medicine but it's really nice because they bring in a big perspective that you would never consider so yeah and after doing some research we found out that in 2012 the average acceptance into medical school, 51% was biology, and then the other 51% were other majors, but out of all of that, there was basically wasn't any difference in median MCAT scores from mm. non-science majors, so. Exactly, yeah. so everybody's struggling on the MCAT. Nice? <laughs> <laughs> Even, no matter your background, it's going to be hard. <laughs> um, so dope, yeah. So today, I'm so excited, we have a guest from a completely different end of majors and it's really cool that she's actually working to pursue medicine from that perspective so we're gonna let our guest introduce herself and tell her about yourself hey guys uh, my name is alexis and um uh thanks for having me on your show this is really exciting thanks for coming (laughs) i love what you guys do i listened to last week's episode it was super fun and it's just it's awesome to have that kind of resource for, you know, future um, applicants 
I wish I had that resource myself. Hello. Um, but here we are now, right? Hello. Yes, right? <laughs> Same. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah, I um, did a, I guess, a, a non, non-traditional track. Non, non, non. I don't know. That's I don't cool. want double yeah. negative. is not appropriate. Uh, <laughs> Triple negative. Still right. negative. Uh, so I... Um, Went to music school first. Went to Berkeley College of Music. And Slow it down. Say it again. Berkeley College of Music. <laughs> Did you hear that, ladies and gentlemen? She took the initiative. Got it. <laughs> uh, and then I um, um, eventually got to here. And we'll be starting officially med school next fall with Florence. So Yay. it's pretty exciting. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so so um, I guess. Oh. Are you from? Where are you from? I'm originally from Denver, Colorado. Okay. About 20 minutes outside of Denver. Okay. So, and yeah. then. That's a Midwest. Berkeley's <laughs> in Boston, actually. Bo- oh, okay. Boston. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So yeah. then I guess what kind of sparked your interest to do? Did you always have an interest to go into medicine like in before undergrad? So yes. So I uh, always wanted to kind of do both. Okay. And that was kind of my issue at the time. Um, when I was applying for schools, I actually was initially intending to do, you know, pre-med track and either do a double major or a minor in music. Mm-hmm. Uh, I only applied to one music school, and it was Berkeley, and I didn't oh, think wow. I'd get it at all. But the fact that I did, I kind of had to reassess things. I sat my folks down, and we kind of talked about <laughs> it. And uh, um, that was actually beforehand, because I had to do an interview process. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So I... Uh, I don't know if you guys want to hear about that. Yeah. Or, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. So, like, yeah. so um, with the with music school, it's a little different because you have an interview, you know, like most colleges do, but before that you have an audition. Mm-hmm. And so with your audition, at least for us, uh, we had to have a prepared piece. Um, we had to do an improvisation, um, a 12-part blues. Uh, we had to sight read and oral recall, oh. which oral recall, you know, you listen to something, you copy it. Um and Whoa. yeah, yeah. So it was just kind of a lot. Um, yeah. I uh, did kind of a medley of five songs I'd written, and then I sandwiched them between um, a Chopin uh, Nocturne that I was playing at the time. So it was kind of cool because it showed a little bit of my writing skills, my arranging skills, things like that, because I really wanted to go for writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was great. My audition went longer than my friends at the time or people I had talked to, so I was really worried that mm, it yeah. was like a nope. But mm-hmm. it turned out to be okay. Yeah, so. it was <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I remember calling my dad and telling him. He's like, "No, you got in. That's what that means." Oh, he's like, "Oh, thank God, I hope." Well, that's awesome. Well, after but, going through all of that, I would have yeah. gone there too. Oh, it was a little nerve wracking. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's like three people, three judges sitting yeah. there watching you. You feel like you're an American Idol. Like it's really scary. Yeah. Um, nice. But it was worth it. And. Uh, so yeah, uh, talking to my folks, we decided I'll go there first. The issue with that is that it's a liberal arts school, liberal arts school, so they don't have any sciences at all. Oh, so wow, I had wow. to take my sciences after the fact, and that was kind of our discourse of you know how do I do this? But luckily, thanks to post back programs, please don't hate on post back programs. Yes, girl. Really yes. though, really though, yes. um, I was able to do both. You know, the I I'd say the downfall is that yeah okay I'm a little older than maybe some other applicants I'm no not really average anymore. entering age is apparently 25 yeah 25 okay yeah. Yeah. all right we're so cool. you're doing good <laughs> you're fine <laughs> but you know it's one of those things that you have to think about is you know it's longer educational experience but mm-hmm. you know you, to, you get to your do, passion yeah you get to do yeah. things that you're yeah and at the end of the day I didn't want to look back when I'm 45 or 50 or 
and think, man, I wish I studied blah, blah, blah. You know, I've heard so many physicians actually say, like, I really like philosophy. I wish I would have studied that as well. Yeah. Some people actually go back to school at mm-hmm. that age, you know, because they wish they always did that. They never were able to. Other people, you know, family life gets in the way. And Absolutely. Time flies, and then that's it. You so now's the time like to educate yourself. Now's the time to be a little selfish with your endeavors, you know, and kind of make yourself the best you can be and enjoy what you're able to enjoy, you know, before you have a family to take care of and yeah. a husband or a wife or, you know, three dogs, three dogs. <laughs> <laughs> so I know you said you had to do all your sciences after yes. you finished. So did you, were you able to shadow since you knew from high school that you wanted to go into the medical field? Did you shadow and get into the hospital? Or volunteer? I did. Volunteer? I did. Um, I volunteered at Massachusetts General Hospital, MGH, oh. as well as Brigham and Women's, wow. uh, yeah, so it was great. You were doing I, things. <laughs> yeah, I was doing stuff. I also was working then too, so I had a lot of stuff going on. But uh, and um, I lost my train of thought. Sorry, guys. You're good. But yeah, so I did a lot of volunteering and things like that, and um, uh, was able to shadow a couple of physicians, and so that kind of helped as well. You know. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So do you feel like um, did you so did you get a like specific major when you? Yes. So, so my major is technically contemporary writing and production, um, which is essentially composition, but with a modern twist. Uh, You know, composition is usually more classical, like writing like Bach or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But my major taught me to kind of write for big bands, you know, write for soul, write for hip hop. Technically, we could do that too. Write for commercials. You know, just you want to write our intro. Just that kind of thing. They try to kind of um, make you an adaptable writer. So if you have someone that comes to you and says, hey, I want this, this, and this, you can give them what they're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a really cool experience. Very strange major because it's all over the map, but it was totally awesome. Do you feel like starting off like with a completely different mindset and like getting your degree in a different, I guess, ideal or I don't know what I'm trying to say, like creative space. Yeah, yeah. Do you feel like you had a harder time picking up the sciences when you got to them or anything like that? Or I'd say yes and no. Okay. Uh, I think I had it almost um, an easier time with more math-related things like oh, um, okay. physics or even orgo, I think, somehow. Was easier with the, for you. Yeah, with the visuals. Nice. Um, That's really cool. I, think I, I struggled. struggled with those. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know. There's something math. I I guess there's correlations. There's yeah. some studies between math and music. music. They so say that makes you work the, the same parts of the brain or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. So, so I really definitely cool. felt more comfortable in those kind of subjects. Um, I definitely felt weaker in um, biology or things that were less mathy and more, you know. Um, I also am good at quick memorization. It's kind of like sight reading, but my long-term memorization, I struggle with a little bit more. So I think that those are kind of similarities between the two. Um, I think it's definitely different in the sense that, you know, my senior year, I had, what, two other people in one of my classes. I had another class where it was just two of us. Um, My classes generally are about 15 to 20 people. They're very small, very Mm -hmm. intimate. You really got to know your professors. a lot of classes I had to wear headphones or I had to wear, um, you know, um, bring it my laptop or, but not use it the way we use it for taking right. notes, yeah. you know, we're recording or, you know, um, most of our desks had a keyboard or a MIDI is what we call them oh, if wow. you're doing a recording class. Um, some of our classes we met in a studio, some of our classes we'd rehearse, you know, because if you're conducting, you need a band to conduct. So 
you uh-huh. know? It just it was a very wow. different kind of experience. It wasn't right. lecture hall at all, you know. Group projects, how'd that go? Uh, Everybody <laughs> a <little> later. <laughs> Did you have one tuba that just lagged behind? <laughs> well, yeah, that, that was that was part of part Same of the issue too. Like being a writer, you know, I, I don't play every single instrument and true. we weren't technically allowed to perform what we wrote. So which was great because it forced you to collaborate, you know, mm-hmm. and it forced yeah. you to kind of I don't know. It's kind of like what we do in medicine. Like, we have to work with nurses, yeah, doctors. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So that you were able to get those skills on how to Yeah, teamwork. Yeah. yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. Nice. So, I guess there's some correlations there as well. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. So, I guess, will you go into, like, your transition period? So, after you got your degree at Berkeley, um, and then going into the post-bac period, what was that transition like? It was a little difficult at first, because I also did my post-bac in New York. So, okay. You know, I moved there really quickly. You know, I had to get re- reestablished very quickly. Um, I wasn't accustomed to the lecture hall setting. You know, it was, it was different in that sense. But um, I don't know. It was just as fun. I mean, the material is just as fun, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Cool, cool. Yeah. Uh, do you see any overlap when you get to, like, patient experiences or, like, anything like that? Or is there any overlap? Not, not specifically with, like, the science and music aspect, but just overall your experiences. Um, I mean, as we touched on before, there's the um, the teamwork aspect, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and depending on someone for their role, because you can't micromanage when you have a team, you know. Nice. And I think that's something that I've heard a lot of nurses complain about and doctors and technicians, you know, when people try to kind of micromanage other people's jobs. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to be confident in your team, you need to trust in your team, and I think that's the best way to be productive. You know, like, I'm not a nursing student. I don't understand nursing at all, and I'm not going to pretend that I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and I yeah. think that's something that I learned through that, and that is a big overlap, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just kind of trusting in people to do their job, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah not overstepping. I think yeah. it's really important. That's, that's really great. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, so, do you feel like after your post-bac, whenever we do start med school, like, you feel prepared? You didn't feel like, you don't feel like you're going to be behind some of our classmates just because you chose a different path? I'd say yes and no. Um, uh, I know it's an easy answer, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I do lack the upper level classes. Like I haven't had immunology or microbio or, you know, things of that nature, Mm -hmm. you know, physiology, you know, um, anatomy, (laughs) you know, things like that. I haven't had those classes. I had the very, very basic, like bare minimum classes in order to get accepted. Mm -hmm. So um, with that being said, yeah, sometimes I feel like I struggle a little bit, and but at the same time, I think that, you know, the way that I can perceive something is different than some of my classmates, and I think that's going to sure. help me, especially yeah, during residency, sure. especially, mm-hmm. you know, working with patients, actually, right. you know, so I think it's, it's, it's a blessing in the long term. Yeah. Nice, that's really cool. So yeah. do you feel like your passion for music can be used in medicine, or do you plan on using it in medicine in any way? Yeah, I mean, if you think about it... You know, um, um, physicians are there to heal the body, and music kind of heals the soul, you know? Come on! Okay! (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I think it's really important as a physician to heal the whole person, you know? Not just focus on the diagnosis and treating the disease. I think you want to treat the person. And I think music will really help me to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Nice. Yeah, I, guess I, was, I have a question about yeah, that. Yeah. So when did you study for the MCAT then? Did you take it during your post-bac program? Or did you, like, how did you study for that? For Just for people who decide to do, like, a path like your, like, yeah, you, how of would course. you? 
uh, recommend they study for the MCAT. Or if you have, or, like, a timeline of yeah. just, like, I graduated. <laughs> well, you're yeah, non-traditional, yeah. so it might yeah. be different. But if you're comfortable. Whatever yeah, you're comfortable. Yeah, yeah, no worries. <laughs> so, yeah, I, um, I, I did the MCAT or studied for the MCAT after my post-bac. I thought it was better to do that not during school because I was already taking the bare minimum required to get accepted. Mm-hmm. That any of that information that I lacked there... It's going to be more for me to learn in an MCAT course. Yeah. Um, with that being said, there's still a lot I had to teach myself. Like, there is a decent amount of physiology or biochemistry or things like that that, you know, I lacked. So, um, yeah, the MCAT studying, I definitely decided I'm going to graduate from my post program first and then I focus on that, you know, one thing at a time. Yeah. I do have some friends that did both simultaneously. God love them. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah. Cool. Do you have any more questions? Um, I guess what did you use to study for the MCAT? Did you self study? Did you use? Um, I self studied in the beginning, and then I used uh, this program called Next Step. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I self I self studied using the uh, what is what is the normal course. Kaplan? Kaplan. Um, my the friends gave me their course. books. I didn't uh, go to the, the courses the or courses, anything like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I just went through those books. Um, and I use Anki. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. I live on Yeah. Anki. Yeah. It was great because you'd have, like, what, thousands of flashcards. And, and I would just, folders. like, go on the treadmill and just go through them, go through them. Go right. Because <laughs> yeah. otherwise I'd want to fall asleep. But, you right. know. <laughs> I'm cheap and I didn't get the iPhone version. So <laughs> I just had to wait on my laptop. Like, what is that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I feel you. <laughs> so, um, oh shucks, I have a question. Okay, we'll come back to it. Okay, no worries. Go on. Oh, how long did you study for the MCAT? Uh, I think I gave myself. It's a good question, actually. Maybe like, I want to say like six weeks or so. Six oh, weeks. Oh wow, it wasn't a lot. She's amazing, guys. No, no I, I took it twice. I'm not amazing. Oh, okay. We all did. <laughs> we all did, girl. <laughs> it's all good. Um, all right. Do you have any more questions? No, I think okay. thank you so much. Yeah, of course. You. Thank you guys. Keep up the awesome work. This so, is so cool. Do you have an Instagram or anything that you can mention for them to follow you on or anything like that if they're interested in your medical journey? Just uh, well, unfortunately, I don't have an Instagram for myself. I it's only do for my dogs. So. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> if you want to follow dogs? <laughs> <laughs> well, just kidding. Sorry, you'll never find Alexis. So. <laughs> I promise she exists, though. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, next, our topic is going to be study tips. So, we talked a lot about study tips on our Instagram you follow us and um, basically we just wanted to help people retain what they're going like over in undergrad for the MCAT and I think that's the biggest thing like a lot of people go into undergrad they take these science classes the cell biologies the genetics and Mm -hmm. they take it to get the A but not necessarily for the MCAT and I I learned a lot when I was in my postback program and like a lot of the advice that a lot of people had was when you take these classes, take it like you're studying for the MCAT. Yeah. Because if you've taken, like, these classes, you know, every year, say, like, the classes you've taken your freshman year and then you take it your junior year, chances are you're not going to remember Gen Kim 1. You know, you're yeah. not going to remember the classes that you first off took. But if you retain it, take good notes, you know, things like that, then it'll be six weeks for you to study for the MCAT or two weeks if you're about that life but we don't I don't know about you but yeah so and along with that I know a lot of people told me like when I was in my post-bac program like after you take a certain test like do questions that are going to be asked MCAT style with that material Mm -hmm. so that you're kind of studying for the MCAT 
at the same time you're taking those courses. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I was really, really bad at basically going to class and I'd like try a new study tactic every exam. And this was like my freshman year, especially like I had no idea how to study for college classes. So I would literally like go to class and I'm like, okay, well, last test I got a C. Let's try flashcards. And then I'd like <laughs> try that and I'd be like, oh, I got an A. And I'd try like the same method, but like not revisit the old flashcards. So I was like very inconsistent with my study t- like tactics. And so I feel like one thing that really like pushed me like in my post especially is just just stick to one study tactic and then perfect it. Like yeah. if you feel like, okay, I'm a flashcard person, but maybe my flashcards have like paragraphs on them. Let me condense it versus mm-hmm. I'm not much of a flashcard person, but I'll try it now. Okay. Maybe I should try this. Maybe, I, you know, you bounce around, but if you know, you're not a memorization person, if you know, you can't pick it up like that, stop. Like, why would you, keep, <laughs> just, just you know, why it. would you like, you know, so yeah, just pick one way that works for you and then just really perfect that. But yeah, so uh, we wrote down a few tips if we haven't, if I haven't already given all mine away. What are some of yours? I know for me, I'm a very auditory learner, and I feel like after I figured that out, I realized I retain stuff better if I hear other people do it. So I know in undergrad, I tried to just study alone by myself most of the time, and I feel like when I started studying with other people and hearing other people say the material or play, like re-listening to lectures, I was able to grasp the, the material better. Mm-hmm. So I know for me, um, I try and re-watch lectures, and then I try and be like hands-on with the material versus passive. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Ri- rewriting my notes, um, organizing my notes. So what I do, I know before class, I like try and pre-read and get like a grasp of what the material is going to be like. And then um, during class, I don't really try and take notes during class, just like little stuff that I think I'm going to forget. So I'm just listening in class because I know for me, oh, wow. listening. You don't take notes? Not really. That stresses me out. I'm like paranoid that I'll forget. Really? So that's one thing I, I had to work on because I was trying to take notes literally like my notes were like took breath next <laughs> like I was taking everything the See, and that, and that's what I would do yeah. in undergrad and then I would just like you'd have a book yeah <laughs> you'd literally have yeah. a book but then after I'd be like oh what was the whole point of that lecture I right. couldn't even tell you right. so for me if I just sit back listen and then whenever I rewatch my lecture um I I'll take notes on stuff that I think mm-hmm. I'm gonna forget because then at that point you can pause and rewind Mm -hmm. and then um I just after I just reorganize my notes and try and be reorganizing is how I like study my notes true so just putting it in my own words instead of like what the teacher put on the powerpoint so I just passively like reading powerpoints I try and like reorganize my notes Mm -hmm. I noticed uh the big emphasis for me for my post I refer to my postback program a lot because that is when I did my best learning (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I didn't learn until my postback program but um Concept mapping was amazingly helpful. Yes, yeah. Yeah. But did it help the for you? Study sheets is what I call them. But okay. yeah, same kind of deal. Amazing. And that, it's, yeah. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, no. And then having multiple types of references for your studying. So, especially for the MCAT, I had very in depth, like three levels basically. So, like very in depth, exactly what the teacher talked about, things like that. And then I would, or exactly what like the topic was over for the MCAT Mm -hmm. and then I would zoom out and have like a medium level so like okay a quick overview maybe like a a, just a printer paper like sheet of just summary and then I would have like 
smallest, like quick notes, formulas, things like that. Things, okay. something I could take to the exam that wouldn't be like bulky, wouldn't be my entire notebook, but something that I could review and be like, okay, I remember that because this is, you know, something that'll take you to yeah. each step. And that was really helpful when it came to like finals because I'd have my little level three small reference from exam one that I could take to the final and be like, I remember that. I remember that. You know what I mean? Yeah, Versus yeah. having to go through all of my level one. I don't all know if that's weird. Exactly. Yeah. And I think in undergrad, like that. that's one thing that a lot of people don't. I didn't do a good job. We always study level one. Like, we never get that's to that. That's true. We never get to that level three. Mm. I feel like you have to be at that level three to actually, like, get an A on the test and know you master the material. Because if you just know the material surface level you don't actually understand it yeah and like you said reorganizing your notes Mm -hmm. makes you think about it in another way you have to like refer to it and like fix the way you looked at it and adapt to it because you'll learn new things that it's Mm -hmm. like that makes a way better connection now than it did back in august absolutely yeah yeah Yeah. well i i think on the the level three I think it's really helpful that once you think you have grasped these, at least what I do is I have the study sheet, concept sheet kind of um, mentality. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, flashcards just get too bulky after a while. I think. Yeah. But um, what's nice about level three is, you know, you take these surface topics and I'll just start pacing and I'll talk out loud and just kind of give like yep. a mini lecture on each topic, see how much I can recall. Yeah. Right. And the more you talk it out, the more you hear yourself, you're forming these words. So it's kind of like a dual mechanism, you know? Mm. Um, I, I think that's really beneficial. Absolutely. I pace just because I like to pace, but I'm sure <laughs> yeah. my, my neighbors in my apartment probably think I'm crazy. Yeah. But... <laughs> I mean, that's really good though, because yeah. I've heard working multiple, this is weird, working multiple muscles can help help you like retain it a lot like you're because you're making yourself think through like talking and you know walking that's that's using more senses yeah yeah and that makes you have to really connect like okay what was I saying and when you're trying to remember it you'll like relate it to where you were like you know you were walking yeah Yeah. I mean granted don't get up and walk around during an exam but (laughs) (laughs) not the time (laughs) if you do that same thing when you're studying you'll refer back to Go ahead, girl. Yeah, and I think it kind of keeps the calmness, too. I definitely get test anxiety. I'm sure a lot of you Mm. out there do. Um, But I think the pacing kind of helps, you know, keeping a rhythm, you know. Mm -hmm. It kind of, it settles you a little bit, too. It's a little soothing in a way. Yeah. Yeah. So revisiting the different aspect of the major, do you feel like there were study skills that you learned with, like, music that you mainly, like, really use in, like, your science classes that you might not have thought about or, like, it really helped you, but you're like, oh, man, this is weird that it even works. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I'd say in some ways I'm really good at procrastinating. And Turn it's up. terrible. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> uh, but there's some things you can't procrastinate in. You mm-hmm, know, like yeah. physics, for example, you cannot procrastinate in that class. No, you know, and just good. memorizing the, um, Formula. the formulas is obviously crucial, but it's not enough. You have to be able to use them. Mm-hmm. You have to practice using them. And so... Um, you know, it's like learning an instrument. You know, you can't just like pick it up and expect yourself to mm-hmm. be able to play like Beethoven or something. Hello. You know, right? <laughs> right? You have to kind of work through the music. You have, and it's it's the levels again, you know, right. learning the notes. Got those down. Learn the dynamics now, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it, there's there's ways to build, mm-hmm. you know? Learn the rubato if we're doing romantic era. Like, there's more to the piece than just the notes. Just like, Ooh. you know. She's with... literally a poet. I know. <laughs> I'm falling <Ooh>. for it. <laughs> Here for it. <laughs> but it's the same kind of thing in the sciences, you yeah. know? You so. learn, like, the base level before mm-hmm. you start picking up all the little details. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cool. 
Yeah. That's really cool. I, that's amazing how that's yeah. like interconnected. <laughs> it does. It's connected awesome. Yeah. I think one thing I use for sure is color coding. Do you guys use that? Oh my goodness. My notes look like a coloring book. I try to, but mine's not consistent. <laughs> I was like, let's use green today. Like, oh man. That's <laughs> I need hard. to get better at that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was actually just really like, yeah, I use a lot of color coding. Yeah. I, I have a photographic memory. So it almost mm-hmm, like, it'll it'll distract me because I'm like in the middle of an exam and I'm like, man, if this was orange, I'd know exactly what they were talking about. <laughs> yeah, you know? that's fair. <laughs> or you're like, oh, that was the orange thing on the right hand corner of my notes. I can exactly. picture it's right next to it. Yeah, I feel you. I feel so you. yeah, color coding yeah. is really nice. Uh, yeah, they have those erasable pens, the colored pens. Do they really, really work? Yes. I definitely. I'll show you mine. Yeah. Girl, they're amazing. <laughs> they're my favorite things. They got me through Orgo, I swear. So, oh, oh, Orgo, yeah. I had to color code. You have yeah. to. Moving those little mm-hmm, alcohol groups, mm-hmm. little functional groups mm-hmm. that were straight. Even just like losing an electron. Mm-hmm. And you're yeah. like, it's over. So. You said it's over. <laughs> it's over. It's over. <laughs> it really is. Um, also, we wrote this down, or I wrote this down, the Meyer Briggs test. Yeah. Did you ever take that? I took it. I took it. I forgot what it was. Uh-huh. I know it was whatever Lady Gaga was. Actually, Perfect. I'm right now. That's a different <laughs> Whatever Lady I was E-N-T-J. I think uh, your opposites. I was I-N... What's the other one? I was I... Perceiving. Yeah, I was, I was opposite from you, because I remember we talked about it. What are you? <laughs> Uh, it, oh my goodness, extrovert. I'm an oh, introvert. Dr. Paul would be so proud of me. Um, <laughs> I'm an introvert. Uh, and then what's the N? Oh, feeling? No. We'll get to it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I know I was ENTJ, thinking, judging okay. are the last ones. Yep, Intuitive. I'm, yep, okay, so I was INFJ. Nice. Yeah. I was ISFP. Yeah, I just looked it up. Got it. <laughs> so cool. it's introvert, sensor, feeler, perceiver. Nice. And for yeah. people who don't know anything about this test, Meyer Briggs, famous, probably psychologist, because they seem like the only people that really think this hard about it. But um, <laughs> so the Myers Briggs test is basically to tell you about yourself, and they have like an amazing way of really breaking down who you are and like. Not so much who you are, but the type of studier you are and how mm-hmm. you retain information. And how like you who you work better with, too. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. And it's amazing that it's just a test. It's literally a piece of paper. You could probably find it on Google. And you take this and really use it to guide some of the ways you learn. Because, like, okay, we talked about, where did we differ? Um, okay, I'm, I'm an introvert, and she's an extrovert. And I'm so, also an introvert. Introvert. So yeah. I know I study better. I can't do, like... In class the other day when, like, the teacher's, like, group quiz, it freaks me out because I'm an introvert. I want to, like, just be by myself and zone out. But some co- courses I have to, like, get out. Mm-hmm. So I know I'm an introvert, especially with my studying. Mm-hmm. Are you? Are you yeah, I, I prefer to study alone. I'm yeah. not really a study group person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. See, it's actually kind of funny. I'm an extrovert, but I have to study alone because I have to put myself in time out or I'll talk to people. <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly my problem. Time like, out. <laughs> and I'd study with my best friend like back in my postdoc program, and I'd be like, she'd know. She's an extrovert, too. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay, we're going to do 30 minutes, no talking. And then after that 30 minutes, it's just like, oh, my goodness, I was thinking about like Chinese food after this. <laughs> And, like, we get on a tangent, she's like, okay, like, you just, 
it really helps to know that kind of characteristic because I know, like, my friends are like, hey, do you want to study after class? No. No. And and they'd be like, wow, you're a turd. But no, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but it's like, no, I have to put myself in a bubble for, like, the hours that I'll be studying because if I don't, I'll start talking to people. I have to put my phone on airplane mode. Mm. It's I have to put myself in jail, guys. So. <laughs> well, it's great, though, that you're yeah, not you know. self-aware. Yeah. You know? And it takes, you know, time. time and trial and error to figure that stuff out. Absolutely. Took a yeah. whole biology degree to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> I got the receipt to prove it. <laughs> but yeah. No, and that's why, yeah, we're saying take the, or try and find a testing thing to figure out kind mm-hmm. of who you are because mm-hmm. then if you know who you are, then you'll know like Kia, like, hey, I can't study with people because I can study with other introverts because we're both like, mm-hmm. focus, focus. Yeah, and even when we tried to study together, like, I'm pretty sure I got on your nerves because I'd be like, are you this far yet? <laughs> <laughs> the page like six times <laughs> so yeah like you can tell but so uh or I just g- know yourself too because I know for me I can't study I know some people can study five hours straight don't take a break just look at their material but for me I'm like 30 minutes after 30 minutes five minute break I'll get on my phone or like Instagram or something another 30 minutes so yeah. I'm like okay you earned a five minute Instagram break <laughs> you know let's talk about the sensing and intuitive because in my postmark program, we had a teacher who literally really taught us based on our... It was really amazing. She's impressive. Oh, awesome. Dr. Paul. <sighs> Shout out to her. She's the best. But, um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so intuitive versus sensing. She would always say, like, sensing people need a little bit of intuitive... Or intuition, I guess. And mm-hmm. intuitive people need a little bit of sensing because it's, like, really detailed for sensing and then really big picture for intuitive. And I thought I was really detailed. I was like, you know, I'm so detailed. I have all these color-coded notes and pretty little doodles, things like that. And I took the test and it said intuitive and I was like, what are you talking about? And I realized like, I'll get a sheet of paper, literally read like four words on it and I'll be like, okay, let's go. And it's like, okay, you need to read the directions. (laughs) And it really helped me to understand like for the MCAT that my problem was reading the question and actually understanding what the question was talking about. Mm -hmm. And I know like a lot of the sensing people in my class, they'd be like, well, I read the passage and I pulled out 11 different bullet points and so this should be helpful. And she's like, just read for big picture, you know? Yeah. So it was a lot of parts with the Myers-Briggs test that helped us kind of file down those hard edges that we had that we thought was what we needed to succeed. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the times during reading a passage, I'd read something and I'd be like, what do you mean? I don't even see this answer. And she'd be like, well, it's in the passage. And I'd be like, oh, it's right there. Like, it's literally a statement in the passage, you know? Yeah, yeah. But I didn't get that because I was big picture. So it was a lot of parts where she would just teach us. So, yeah, all that to say, if you haven't done a Myers-Briggs, really do Do it. it. (laughs) (laughs) Figure out yourself. So any more to add on that, guys? Well, I mean, there's also, I would say, a gender component. Mm -hmm. Um, At least when I was in high school, I went to an all-girls Catholic high school, woohoo! Uh, <laughs> educational, not coeducational. Yeah, we got boy breaks. I'm not even kidding. Boy breaks, mm-hmm. oh, where we could take breaks. a five minute break and watch the boys as they're outside eating lunch. What? Why did they do that to you guys? <laughs> <laughs> it would be almost it'd be fine. Just let's just leave. Oh my yeah. gosh! Oh, let's yeah. just it's start drama, torture, right? Right. I'm sure you guys picked a boyfriend and they didn't even know who you were. You're <laughs> <laughs> like, so that was my husband. <laughs> Pretty much, right? Yeah. But um, I had a professor there, and he taught at both schools. And he taught the same course as a history course. But he said that he taught the girls differently than he taught the boys. I know it sounds sexist. Wait a second. I'm listening. (laughs) (laughs) So what he noticed, and I guess there's a couple studies to back his um, understanding of the material, was that 
women tend to be more uh, detail focused. Okay. You know, we remember things by, oh yeah, I remember that guy had an affair with that person. Oh yeah, that's the king of blah, 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 who, who you know, was born and blah, 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 died mm-hmm. in blah, blah, fought in this war, whatnot. But yeah. we kind of correlate things to the gossip and the drama, the details, the that weird so stuff. That's true. Yeah. That's true, though. Yeah. I love gossip. The weird stuff in Males history. more like, give me the dates, give me the names, give me the location, done. You give know? me who they killed, what war yeah, they won. who, what, where, when, why. <laughs> right. You know, They don't stuff. care about all the juicy stuff. We want the juice, exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of good to know that stuff, too. And that's kind of a helpful study technique. You know, associate something with something that is juicy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is silly or sometimes perverted. Let's be real. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. It sometimes. helps. History yeah. helps. Does anything to remember whatever you're studying. Oh, yeah. You know? It helps to, like, associate it with something perverted. Sometimes, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and as a female, I feel like that's actually very true. <laughs> you know, just being able to, you know, find the, the gossip in it, find the juiciness that's in it. That's how I remember good. things easier. Oh, I guess that's, that's awesome. shout out to that teacher for realizing he can give the same information. In a different but way. But has to, way. really, you have to give it in a different way. Mm-hmm. And yeah. in medicine, a lot of times you hear a lot of students say, like, I had to teach myself this class. Yeah. Because the teacher, yeah. like basically teaches the way they're used to teaching or they're used to yeah. understanding. Or unfortunately doesn't teach at all. It's more <laughs> into the research. research right. Yeah. Right. So, so yeah. I think all the stuff we're touching on, like know yourself so that if you do get into mm-hmm. that situation where the teacher is just going to read off the slides and you're like, I don't even have to come to this class. Go to class. Just do it. Yeah, just go to class. <laughs> but you pay for the at least, yeah, at least you know, like, hey, I'm a sensing person. I'm mm-hmm. intuitive. Mm-hmm. I have to go back, look at the big picture, then fill in the details. Mm-hmm. Like, at least right. know yourself, know your study tactics, tactics, figure yeah. them out. And know so your that... memory associations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Cool. So our next topic, I know we're going on forever and ever this time, um, is networking. So if you hadn't mentioned, if you hadn't noticed some, all right, if you hadn't noticed uh, our Instagram posts, we want to talk about networking because that was a really, so when we did our poll, we got uh, 52% people had um, a hard time with networking and then 40 Eight percent, and if you have a calculator out, I think that adds up to a hundred. Forty-eight percent said no problem; they're they're fine with networking. So I thought that that was really interesting because, granted, some of those people aren't medical, but it is kind of a very split situation. Like when it comes to approaching new people, especially as an undergraduate student, mm-hmm. what you have going on in your life probably isn't the same as a established physician, a nurse, a dentist, a musician you know Mm -hmm. so um these are adults they have their life together they know what they're eating for dinner so (laughs) (laughs) so as an undergraduate student you might not have that so it's like what do you really talk about so we wanted to highlight some points that we learned um kind of work through and things like that because you're an introvert are you like good at networking I'd say yeah, yeah, I'm I'm pretty good at you know stepping up to the plate when I have to. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I'm an I introvert. I am painfully awkward, and I love it when Kia's there. <laughs> I love it. I'm not and it's so hard because I'm so awkward. I'll talk, but it's so awkward. That's why we need yeah. each other there. Yeah, but I also <laughs> think you know introverts recognize other introverts. Yeah. And extroverts recognize other extroverts. That's and, true. You, know, you just I think finding a I guess a mentor in a sense. It can't be someone just like you, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. or someone the opposite of you. I mm-hmm. find that really helps me because it challenges me as an mm-hmm. individual. To step out of your comfort zone. Yeah. That's cool. 
So, uh, what's some things you learned about networking that... So, let's take it from a medical standpoint first. Okay, um, for sure. Say you are, like, get into one of those situations where you're volunteering at a hospital, you know? Yeah. Uh, and you're trying to find shadowing. As we, have, we've all been there. Yeah. Uh, so, would, how do you go about finding that doctor and, like, reaching out or, like, talking to doctors? Mm-hmm. I would say, one, don't get in your feelings about stuff because doctors... They, I feel like sometimes they forget what it's like to be us. Mm-hmm. I got a lot of doors shut in my face, and I would take it personally. Like, oh, they did it because of me. But they don't see the doctor in me. Yeah, yeah. So, no, but I think you just have to really be, go full on force. Just, like, email all the doctors or connections <laughs> that you have until one says yes. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, that's what... That's a really good note, though. Don't yeah. be afraid of rejection. Yeah. Like, yeah. The, you're you're going to get, get rejected yeah. constantly mm-hmm. in this... Pursuit, yeah, you know? right. There's more no's than there are yes in anything you do. Everything, yeah, so, yeah. And if the worst you can get is a no, that's fine. Yeah. She got a response. That's true. <laughs> that's true. That is true. And I was lucky because I'm from a really small town, and I volunteered in high school in my town's hospital, so I knew a lot of the doctors. Mm-hmm. So for me, shadowing was really easy when I went home. But I always try to shadow in the town that my undergrad was in, and that was. Um, I, what I did to start that, I started volunteering in the hospital. I was, I worked in the transport department and then through that I was able to, like I was, as I was transporting patients, I like met some of the doctors and they'd be like, Oh, what are you doing? And I would like tell them, I think you really have to show your passion. Cause I think once you show your passion, that's when they're like, Oh, this person isn't a joke. They're not just like taking right. biology just to take biology. Right. And then they'll, a, a lot of them approached me and they would be like, Oh, well here's my card. Like come shadow me. And then I'd email them and go shadow them. Yeah, but I think yeah. you have to put your foot in the door. Don't just go full on thinking right. every doctor is going to be like, yeah, come shadow me. So you mm-hmm. might have to take like smaller steps before you get there. Yeah, I think another good way, I mean, obviously it depends on the hospital. Some hospitals are very, you know, established a certain way. Mm-hmm. And there's also legal aspects you have to deal with. Oh, you yeah. know, some, like in New York, I'm not allowed in the OR not being an MD or hospital affiliated. Oh, okay. But in Colorado, I can shadow in the OR whenever. Right. You know, yeah. so different states have different rules, you know, rules and laws and regulations, etc. Yeah. But um, with and that HIPAA's being... HIPAA's no, not a friend to anybody. Oh, no. But I think what really helps is um, asking questions, you know, yeah. like, uh, I volunteered in the ICU and I'd ask, what's that? Why are you testing that level? You know, little things like that. Obviously when they don't seem overwhelmed as a physician, because yeah. you don't want to bother them when they're working. Doctors are very busy and that's the other thing we have to recognize, yeah. you know, is that they maybe don't have time for us to yeah. have someone following them around, you know, yeah. or maybe they're in a very, very stressful situation and we're going to add more stress by observing, you know? Right. So just... That's understandable as well. Right. Um, but yeah, just asking questions. I met uh, quite a few doctors feel the shadow just saying, you know, why are you regulating that level? What, what's wrong with this patient? You know, and I think as medical students, pre-med especially, we assume that we have to know everything and we're afraid to ask questions because mm-hmm. we're afraid to look dumb or the, you know, unaware or we should have known that. But right. that's really not the case. And I think it's really important to be able to ask if you don't understand something. Yeah. And, and a lot of doctors respect that too. and they appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. And then a lot of doctors love to teach. They do. Me? So like, they ask a question it. and they'll give you like an hour answer, especially <laughs> like, if it's yeah. something they love. Mm-hmm. And it's like, like okay. don't you have a patient to go see? You're <laughs> right? just sitting here talking to me, right? <laughs> so I think yeah. that's a good way to start too. You know. So I will say, 
do you feel like as a minority woman or just a woman or minority in medicine do you feel like it was a little harder like there was a little bit of a more push that you had to give I think I see I have volunteered at five hospitals and in different areas um, different regions of the US and um, I did notice certain yeah, certain certain hospitals were a little harder than other ones. Yeah. Um, certain physicians were a little more difficult. Yeah. I did notice that women tend to kind of take on women a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Um, That's true. Obviously, not always true. I shadowed many men that were wonderful as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that. I think it's less to do with being. Um, and I think I think it's less to do with you know being minority or being something like that. I think it's more to do with being you know pre med and younger and some cases female. I mm-hmm. feel like was more yeah. of what I ran into right. personally. Yeah. For me, I shadowed one surgeon, and I know like some of the nurses were like, "Oh, he was so nice to you. He's a lot harder than all the male." Uh, people yeah, that he gets nice. yeah and they're like oh on the mails he grills them he asks them all these questions <laughs> but at first I was like oh god I'm so glad he didn't do that but I'm like then it's kind of offensive yeah I'm like mm-hmm. why do you think I'm not as smart as them is that why you're not yeah like why are you not pushing me as hard yeah and yeah. it's like I I want to be pushed I want to feel like in that moment I was kind of irritated but I know if it would have happened I'd been like oh my gosh why is he doing this you might not yeah. have gone but, back yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> want to do my research more right. so that when I get into a different situation you like, prepared yeah but yeah. I feel yeah. like I had such a sad like shadowing like like getting shadowing was so hard for me it was so it's hard, hard for everyone yeah. it's, hard. it's well, very I hard so everyone yeah. was like well refer to your primary care physician we don't have a primary like my family mm. we just don't for some reason consistently yeah. just isn't a thing and it's really important to medicine because you want to keep a record of your mm-hmm. medical history but also having a primary care physician i don't know if i would really want to be shadowing them because it's almost too personal they know me i know them you know oh, it, i yeah. feel like there's a breach of confidentiality in that yeah sense. no so. no it's one... like you're only getting one sector yeah right. yeah so that. when i did i uh started shadowing which i feel like late i i started shadowing like my junior ish year college um, and I dedicated a week in the summer and I had like my business attire my best you know business attire <laughs> and I was going to clinics I was going to hospitals I was going to anybody's front desk and I was like hey my name is Kiatana I had business cards y'all and I was like I'm interested in shadowing I'm a pre-med student at X, Y, and Z University and you know they were just like okay well email which is a very like it was so frustrating because I felt like it was a door being slammed very quietly, but it's the way people function in the corporate world. Mm-hmm. So it's like, they'd be like email. Of course, you know, I'd have emails going heard. They'd be like, well, doctors really don't do that. You know, they don't yeah. do that unless they know you. So it was really hard for me to find a doctor to say yes. And then finally yeah. I was um, volunteering and this is what kind of opens up how important networking is because I was volunteering um, at a popular hospital uh, in an urban area here and they, I was just like the front desk person, literally, uh, eating my lunch in a little break room area with like the nurses. And one of the nurses was like, hey, you know, here's, here's my name. What are you doing here? Like, tell me about yourself. So I told him about myself and he was like, oh, you're probably looking for someone to shadow. I have a doctor that loves, you know, teaching, loves. And he was like, yeah, I'll introduce you, yeah. which is really nice. Like, mm-hmm. it makes a difference when someone's like, I'll make the connection with you versus you should go talk to them, you know? Yeah. Because then yeah. it's like, I talked to your friend. Uh, they told me to say hi. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, it's yeah. really awkward. So he made that connection, and I shadowed that doctor for a year and a half. So That's he awesome. was, yeah, it was a godsend. And 
I was literally just eating my little Caesar salad, minding my business. So that also goes back to you always have your best face forward. Because in that Mm -hmm. situation, if you would have been, like, closed office towards her, she probably wouldn't have had that. Yeah. 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 And and that's, like, have a humble mind about it. Because you never know who could help you. That could have been a janitor. Yeah. Yeah. And just be like, oh, yeah, kick it with him on the weekends. Let me see if he can, you know, let you shadow him. And that was... That's you never know who has the connection. Yeah, basically. right. But even with that being said, I think it's important to shadow non physicians too if you oh, have yeah. the the, poss- the capabilities, I guess, to do mm-hmm. so. Because um, it really helps you to understand what everyone's role is. Mm-hmm. You know, because we're all kind of cogs in a wheel, and everyone needs to work together in order to you know, really do the best and treat the patient. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually shadowed a couple nurses. Uh, yeah. I shadowed a couple nurse technicians. Um, you know, just different people, you know, um, just to kind of get a better understanding of how hospitals run, yeah, you know? that's true. And I think that's really important. It's great. No, because I shadowed a nurse practitioner. Because yeah. my post-bac program, they set up shadowing for us, too. So I started, shadowed a nurse practitioner, and she she worked with doctors, and I got to exactly. see her side of it. And it showed me, like, if I'm working with nurse practitioners, to treat them better. So mm-hmm. I learned that aspect yeah. of shadowing someone. And exactly. Like it's a different yeah. perspective. Mm-hmm. Same situation. Yeah. 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 And if you can, which this might actually be hard because residents are really busy, but sh- shadow at each level. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. shadow a medical student. Shadow a, um, a resident. And when I say shadow a medical student, ask them, like, hey, can I sit in on one of your classes? Yeah. You yeah. know, can I... Uh, Come to one of your study groups. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. With a resident, just be like, I know this might be touchy, but like if you could just sit down and talk to me about your day like things like that so understand medicine at each level because that's going to be you eventually yeah and so it's you're never too early in your preparation process for sure um so i did want to highlight because we got about maybe 10 minutes left um (laughs) how did you guys get shadowing like i know volunteering was like my in for sure i met a lot of people nurse practitioners nurses things like that uh, physicians surgeons mm-hmm. just through volunteer so mm-hmm. how did was it the same way for you guys I know for me like I said I'm from a really small town so shadowing was pretty easy in my town like all the doctors knew me like so going back home I just be like hey can I come in for a couple hours and they'd be like yeah come mm-hmm. and then but here um in the town that I did my undergrad in I did what you did I volunteered at the local hospital and then the volunteer guy that I was with, like he made sure he introduced me to all the doctors that oh, he knew. Nice. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so then um, after that, I got shadowing through that. So mm-hmm. I shadowed at those two hospitals. Mm-hmm. And don't mm-hmm. be close-minded to specialty. Don't think yeah. just because you want to do pediatrics, you only need to shadow a pediatric. Get in there. If you can shadow an ENT, mm-hmm. OBGYN, mm-hmm. A radiologist, shadow everybody. Yeah. Anybody mm-hmm. that has their door open, look at what they do. So, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I think, yeah, volunteering is really, really helpful. Um, my father is a physician, so I was lucky Shout in the sense to, to be, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I got, I mean, I, I shadowed him kind of my whole life, which was mm-hmm. really cool, because um, he does some really awesome stuff in medicine, I'm just being honest here. <laughs> well, but, uh, <laughs> shout out to dad. <laughs> But um, with that being said, you know, I, he only knows people really in his field. So in order to branch out and understand and shadow other fields, volunteering was my way in 100%, 100%, you know. Um, and like I said, for me, it was just asking questions. If a physician was there, I'd ask a question. 
Um, there's a couple of residents that let me do rounds with them. And so I made it a weekly thing and do rounds That's with them. Nice. Yeah. That is really Yeah. Nice. And then, I, you know, I take out my pen and paper and ask some questions after. Of course, there's a lot of things that are way over your head. Right. As you'd yeah. expect. But, you know, it was, that was really beneficial as well. Because yeah. not only are with residents, you also are with the physician, you're know, the attending. And so you kind of understand, again, how hospitals yeah. are run. And, right. You yeah. know, going to see different tiers, different people. So it's great. Yeah. And I yeah. think whenever, if you guys, whenever you're shadowing, if you find like a, a surgeon you're shadowing, don't be afraid to be like, hey, I really appreciate you letting me shadow, but do you have any colleagues who are in a different field that I could shadow too? Because then- A well-rounded. They, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they can vouch for you so that you can get into a different field and shadow. Because then they might yeah. have a friend who's a cardiologist and then they- you have more clout getting into shadowing the cardiologist because that's the surgeon's friend. That's mm-hmm. very so, true. Yeah. Also, just be nice to people in general. Yeah. Like, I met one physician who just happened to really like one of the dogs I was fostering back in the day, and then I got to know him through that, and then I ended up shadowing him. Nice. So, yeah. that was just, like, meeting someone, like, in an elevator, you right. know? Like, you can meet people anywhere, and with not knowing their backgrounds and then, you know, establish a relationship and there you go. So, so that's a really good segue to my suggestion. Have an (laughs) elevator speech prepared. So (laughs) if you, (laughs) shout out to you girl. (laughs) So if you don't know what an elevator speech is, a lot of the business, uh, majors and business oriented focuses have an elevator speech prepared like freshman year. They 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 don't teach us that in the sciences. No. And so it's a 30 second spiel about yourself. If you can mention, it's a little bit about our, like our introduction. So you mentioned your name, your major, your focus, um, what you're interested in, where you are in your medical journey. So like if you're a junior in college, you know, Mm -hmm. things like that. And then let them know like why you would be interested in shadowing them. And that's kind of different from like the business perspective, Mm -hmm. but it's important because they're like, okay, so why me? Because we're sitting in this elevator together Mm -hmm. or because you're actually interested in what I'm doing. And Mm -hmm. then when you shadow, be an active shadower. So don't just be a lump following them. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, it, be intrigued, listen, um, and then have some type of way to let them know that you're listening. So right. like she said, questions. Or um, if you have like any extra information that you've heard about their field and you just want to verify, things like that. If they have any networking opportunities for you, like Flo said, be active in the shadowing yes. experience because although it's called shadowing, you're not just a shadow. You're you're growing. You're something that's taking in whatever they're basically giving out. So yeah. you want to really take that in and yeah. use all you can with this experience. So and then yeah. one advice I would give is after you finish these um, shadowing experiences, like just take like ten minutes. Either have a notebook or have mm-hmm. like a word document and just write who you shadowed, where you shadowed. And just a little bit about the experience. And I would do it right after the experience just because when you do get to the point where you're applying to med school, you're going to have to write these down. Absolutely. And you don't want to it to be four years down the road and you're like oh god what was that doctor's name what did we do that day yeah yeah Yeah. what week was it yeah how many hours was it yeah Yeah. exactly so if you have i would a log or something yeah Mm -hmm. like what you did why it was meaningful to you and something you learned from that doctor because i know for my interviews i a question i got asked a couple times was what did you shadow someone who made an impact to you so Mm -hmm. if you have that written down you know why that doctor made a meaning absolutely yeah. to you. So. Also, to backtrack for a quick sack, mm-hmm. I think yeah. Google is your best friend. Yeah. If you're <laughs> shadowing a doctor, 
do a little research. Yes. Have some respect for them they and what they've done. It. You know, and they, all of them are on Google. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah. You can find papers that they've written. Yep. You can ask them questions about that. You know, just show your interest. Do like even five ten minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, be nice to do a little more if you can. But yeah. you know, just, give some effort. Yeah, yeah. give some right. effort, and then that can really help engage. You know, yeah. future encounters and. I think that even that help that's your understanding a, for sure. That's a good tip for even if you like want to do research because mm-hmm. I know when I wanted to the research I volunteer in now. I went in and I was like, oh, yeah, you do this, and you wrote this paper, and they loved it. Oh, yeah. like, oh, my gosh, you know my life. Exactly. And they're like, come, yeah. come in. Come in. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. before we, um, did we have anything else we wanted to add on networking? I think we're that's good. All right. Yeah. Killing it. Um, okay, so last thing we're going to do is give our hidden Jemison for the week. So this week we've got Howard SHPEP program, and this is a program at Howard University. It's for undergraduate students, specifically freshmen and sophomore, but I think I found online somewhere that they take anybody, so call and verify that just in case. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's a minority-focused program. It's open to anybody, uh, but they encourage underrepresented minorities in medicine to apply. It's basically a summer program. It's a six-week program. You get a stipend, um, you get uh, housing, food, and basically it is geared towards strengthening your science courses. So they give you six weeks of hard sciences, like uh, chemistry, not hard science, but the pre-med sciences, Mm -hmm. uh, both chemistries, organic and uh, biology, and then biochemistry. And this is a really good way for you to kind of, if you've taken those classes up until this point, solidify and consolidate what you learned yeah. so or if you're like alexis and you haven't taken them at all that'd be absolutely. a good like mm. jumping point or starting right. point for you absolutely right and if you haven't taken these classes at all it's a really good way to get exposure to them mm-hmm. because you don't have a grade at the end of the day so you do need a 2.5 gpa um and they start applications i want to say in january december so if you're interested in this program definitely just go online it's howard shpep program um and it's www.shpep.org because they have this program at different other campuses so um it's a great opportunity that i really wish i would have known about so yeah, other than that, um, that's all the stuff we got for you. Thanks for listening. If you held out this long, we appreciate you. And please email us because I'm still looking at yeah. the email. Oh my God. <laughs> yes, guys, please email. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, thank you so much. Thank yeah, you thank so you. much. Thank like, you, guys. We loved all your insights. <laughs> right. It was cool. So we look forward to hanging out with you guys next week. And anything else? No. Have a good week, guys. Yeah. Email us at melaninandmedicine02. <laughs> at gmail.com. I'll be looking. (laughs) Okay, guys, bye.